Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Mark 5, are you there? This is going to be very important tonight. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your anointing, Lord, upon the Word fellowship with us, Holy Spirit. Fellowship with us, Holy Spirit. Move in power. Move in power. Touch us, Lord. And may we touch you. May we touch you. In Mark 5, I want to begin to read in verse 21. It says, now when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. And now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians... She spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately. The fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go. In peace and be healed of your affliction. Thank you, Lord. What a fascinating story. Twelve years is a long time. And she had done all that she could do. Twelve years is a long time. She had done all that she could do. The word says that she spent all the money that she had, and she had suffered with doctors. She had had treatment 
after treatment, after treatment, after treatment. Nothing prevailed. She lived in a place of continual humiliation. This problem, this, let's call it the issue, the issue alienated her from her own dream of having a potential husband. This issue kept her from actually the very hope of intimacy that she had. The very issue in her life kept her from having children that she had dreamed of and from having a family. Something that we may not think about in the scripture, but the issue within her actually placed her in a place of hiding and kept her out of society, I'm sure, very often. An issue created an isolation in her life. You hear that tonight? An issue in her life was creating isolation in her life. In verse 26, it says that she had spent all that she had and she grew worse. This is a desperate situation here. Have you ever been at a place where you've done all that you can do in a certain given situation, yet it only got worse? You kept giving to it. You kept giving to it. But it only got worse for you. If you're afraid to answer that question, I can tell you truthfully, I have. I have been in a place in my life where I did everything I could do about a certain thing, and it only grew worse. And some of you have lived long enough. You have too. This text actually means something very, very special to me in my own journey. I remember many years ago going to see my, my friend, Bren, who was not yet my fiance, who was not yet my wife. And I was asked by their church where I went to see her in Ohio, and the pastor asked me if I would preach. And, and um, I really wasn't there to preach, didn't, didn't desire to preach. And he was like, come on, just share, please. Just, just minister, just share. And so I did. And that night I, I brought forth a message, what will stop your bleeding? And it was right out of this text here in this fascinating story what will stop your bleeding? Because many people, whether we like to admit it or not, they are suffering from a bleeding on the inside. Many people are suff suffering and, and bleeding from a place of a soulish wound. Many people are bleeding on the inside from a trauma that they went through in life. They're they're bleeding from an, a, an abandonment. They're bleeding from a divorce. They're, they're bleeding from a trial. They're bleeding from a humiliation. It's a relational wound. It's a soulish wound. It was an abuse. It was an abandonment. It was a divorce. The good news is tonight is that Jesus is the healer. That is the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Hebrews 13, 8 that says, and Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if that woman was here 
to preach to us tonight or to share her story, she would confess to you that Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. And whatever has caused our bleeding in our lives, if we can touch the Lord, we can be whole. We can be whole. <laughs> Many years ago, I had a, had a very unique situation happen and we had a call and one of the men that I had pastored for many years had made a call into our, our offices and asked for an appointment and asked to come see me. He was in his early 80s and behind closed doors that day, he shared with me and said, Pastor, I've, I have never shared what I'm about to share with another human being. I've never told my wife this story, he said, but I have carried this from my young 20s. He was in his early 80s. He said, I have carried this from my 20s, and I have never told another individual, not even my wife, what I need to tell you. And he shared in confidentiality with me what had transpired in his life and what he had done. It wasn't a rape, it wasn't a molestation, but it was criminal. He had carried that for almost 60 years. Now you think about that. What I want to say to you tonight is that sitting with him in that moment, I recognized he had been bleeding on the inside. 60 years. This woman had bled. She was literally in a place of a flow of blood, a physical full of blood. This man was bleeding on the inside from a wound that he had, he had wounded himself. He had literally harmed himself. Do you know that sin doesn't just hurt others? Sin hurts us. And he, he knew that he had sinned against himself. He said, I've repented of this. I've repented of it you know, so long ago, time and time and time again. And pastor, I felt like I had to come to you and just release this and say it and ask God for forgiveness. There's a lot to this story and I won't carry on with it. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice so that our souls... And the wounds of our souls and the wounds of our life could be completely healed. It was for freedom that Christ has made us free. Amen. Christ came to deliver us from affliction. I want you to write that word down tonight. Affliction. In verse 29, it says, immediately the fountain of her blood, it dried up. And she felt in her body, she was healed, see the word, of the affliction. Verse 34, Jesus says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. What does that mean? Affliction. Affliction means disease. It means torment. It means pain. It means misery. Affliction means misery. It means to be vexed. 
It means to be tormented. It means to go through tribulation. It means to go through hardship. He said, go, be at peace, and be healed of your affliction. Be free from your misery. Be free from the torment. Be free from the disease. I love this in verse 27 and 28. I want to read this again. It says, when she heard about Jesus, she came from behind him in the crowd, and she touched his garment, and she said, notice this, and she said, if only that I would touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Notice that she heard of Jesus, and then she said. Notice that? She heard about Jesus, and then she said. Do you know that God listens to what we say? God listens to what we say. He listens to what we whisper. He listens to what... There are going to be times in our lives that we're not even able to get the words out of us. Our tears are doing our praying for us. Inside of our tears, inside of the place of our own brokenness where that misery is coming down our face. God is able to hear those tears. He's able to bear our afflictions. He he is moved with the things that have tormented us. She heard it and then she said, and I love this, when she heard it, she pursued Jesus. Verse 28 again, if I can just touch his clothes, I shall be made well. What am I talking to you tonight? I'm talking about touching God. What happens is, is that her faith moved her into a pursuit to go and seek out Jesus to touch him. What she heard moved her so much about Jesus, she began her own pursuit. And I can hear an old mentor in my life saying the words to me, you will never be able to possess what you do not have the passion to pursue. And it's so true. You will never be able to possess what you do not have the passion to pursue. Now, I'm ministering, and I'm, I'm ministering to you not just a historical story, but I'm moving prophetically to where we want to go as a corporate family touching God tonight. That's where we're going. She pursued Jesus. I want to motivate us tonight. I want to motivate you, my friend, to get on the pursuit to touch the Lord. It says that power went out from Jesus. It says the word virtue, and I love that word. If you've been around me any time at all, when we pray for the sick, the way that I always pray, I say, Lord, I release your virtue into this woman. I release your virtue into this child. I release your virtue upon this man in the name of Jesus. We release your life-giving virtue. Say virtue tonight. I love this word. And what does it mean? It means this. Virtue means goodness. (laughs) It means righteousness. That's amazing. Virtue means righteousness. It also means integrity. It means honor. Virtue means nobility. These are powerful words. Powerful words. 
Virtue means nobility. It means integrity. It means righteousness. It means worthiness. Virtue means purity. Virtue means dignity. Now you're seeing it. Because the very essence of who God is, righteous, holy, pure, flowed out of him and into her. And Jesus suddenly what? He felt power released from him. My God. And he turned around and he asked this question, who touched me? That's a great question for us tonight. Because this woman was able to actually touch Jesus in such a way that no one else was touching him. Wow. There is something different about this woman's touch that has to be notable and it has to be talked about. There's something different in her touch. It was not only desperation. But there was an expectation of faith of touching the Lord. She said, notice, she said, if I can just touch his clothes, I know that I will be made well. She said that. She heard of Jesus. She, she said it. If I touch him. Then she went on the pursuit. And then she received. It's so simple, isn't it? It's powerful. I'm talking to you tonight about touching God. But I'm more so talking to us using this prophetic canvas about us corporately touching God as a church family. You know, we can touch God daily. You don't have to get in a meeting like this. You have access to your dad. My morning started the, very early this morning, and I wanted to sleep in so bad, and it's not how it happened, and it was really dark when I went to bed. I didn't realize all of our blinds were up in our master bedroom, and my wife is in Ohio right now. Her sister's just gotten married, but all the blinds were up, and the light just came in and absorbed the room, and I, I, I was up, and Josiah came into my room and needed something, and so I started moving along in the morning and just <laughs> my body was crying out, give me coffee, <laughs> feed me coffee. <laughs> so I finally, you know, you know, you do what you do. And, um, and then later in the morning, I hit my Facebook. And one of the first things that just came right on my feed was this beautiful story of this soldier that had come home and had hidden in a closet. And he had, his wife was filming, and he had sent a gift, or they had wrapped a box for, the, for their little eight-year-old boy. And the boy ripped open the box, and there was another box. And he ripped open the other box, and there was a note inside the box. And it said, son, I'm so sorry. This is dad. I'm not going to be able to come home. For your birthday. And the boy began to weep. I mean he's just sobbing to his mom. Saying dad's not coming home. Dad's not coming home. 
just weeping. Daddy, he, he's, got, he's got the paper up on his eyes saying, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. It just, it just broke my heart. Daddy, Dad's not coming home. And so the mom says, keep opening the boxes, sweetheart. Keep opening the boxes. And it came down to a little box, and he pulled out the paper, and it says, surprise. <laughs> he looks up at his mom. He's like, she, he's like, why all the boxes? This doesn't make any sense. Surprise. And the father's in his, his soldier uniform, and he steps out into the room, and his boy, gosh, I told myself, if you tell the story, keep yourself together. I can't eat. I'm trying my best. The father steps out. This boy explodes with emotion, runs in his daddy's arms, jumps in his arms, holds him. He's, all you can hear is, Daddy, 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 I love you. Daddy, I love you. Oh, Jesus. You know, we can talk. Our God in such a way like none others. Because we are in a covenant relationship as sons and daughters. Because of the beautiful blood of Jesus, the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus paid for us to be in right standing with our father, with our daddy. Righteousness has flowed to us. Amen. Virtue has flowed to us. Righteousness has flowed into us. I want to ask you this question tonight. And this is actually where I camp a lot. In my anointed imagination and in my prayer time, in my alone time with God, this is where I camp a lot. What if victory was able to touch the heart of God like none others? In this region. That we could actually access. The limitless. Supernatural. Glory. Of the Lord. What if we touched God. In such a way. Because if you're noticing. We're not in a hurry when we get in here. This is about our king. This is about pouring ourselves on the Lord. This is not the run of the mill and getting butts in the seats and doing announcements and taking offerings and sending people on their way. This is about us getting possessed with the heart of the Father. It'll never be, ladies and gentlemen, I give you my word, it'll never be about how many people we can put under a roof. It will always be about how many people we can get saturated with the Father's heart. Saturated with the Father's heart and then loose them into a region to transform this region. What if we touched the Lord in such a way? What if we had such an anticipation altogether to touch the Lord in such a way that it would literally stop the Lord here? That He would establish His throne in the midst of us. What if our worship was so powerful in such a way that it was heart to heart and that we burst into a realm of the Spirit of God, of supernatural encounter with Him? What if we touched God collectively in such a way we apprehended the Lord? 
I've done a lot of traveling in my days. I've been in a lot of churches. I've, <laughs> I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. I've been in a lot of places. I've been in a lot of churches. I've been in a lot of nations. What I always look for in any gathering is who is there to touch and access the Lord. I'm always looking for that. Whether I'm standing in front of 10 people or thousands of people. I'm always looking who is there to touch the Lord. I especially, I especially watch leadership. I watch pastors. I really watch them. I watch to see if they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I watch to look if they even recognize when the Spirit of God begins to increase what they do. I watch leaders to see if they're actually worshipers. I, I, I look to see if they're spectators or imitators or are they actually participating. I, I'm, a, I'm a watcher. I've always been a watcher. I'm looking to see if they're really throwing out the welcome mat to the Holy Spirit. I've always been aggravated with leaders that just kind of sit in their chairs and flip through their Bibles and their notes or pick their socks. You know, just just trying trying to let the worship team do what they do because they're they're getting ready to bring what they're what they're going to bring. That that's always bothered me. I mean, I bother you. It bothers me. <laughs> There's a lot to be said about body language, right? <laughs> I um, oh my gosh, we were in a church years ago, not far from Charlotte, North Carolina. It was a large church, about maybe 800 people. And this particular Sunday morning, we were beginning five days of meetings. And that Sunday morning, we came out of the prayer room, um, which was a real drag. <laughs> it was awful. My gosh, it was awful. That prayer room was awful. And my, did I say it was awful? It was awful. And my wife and I had to live through that experience. We were like rolling our eyes at each other like, dear God. Let's go out for breakfast. <laughs> Let's go have some eggs. <laughs> Give me some pancakes. It was just awful. And so we went into this meeting, and you know what? The sanctuary's packed. I mean, there's, there's, there's probably 800 or more people there, and about 70% of them are not even engaged in the meeting. They're, they're, I mean, they're just, they're just sitting down during worship, and it's just, I mean, it's just boring as all get out. I mean, it's just boring, boring, boring. And the, the worship team is doing their best, and they're cheerleading, and, you know, doing their thing, come on, everybody, you know, they're cheerleading, you know, you know, if they had, you know, pom-poms, they would have been using them, you know, and they're, they're doing the very best that they can, and I'm like, Lord, help me, you know, help me to help them, help me to help them, I'm like, if Bren was here, she, I could give her the microphone right now and ask her how she felt when I did this. And when I think back, I think, dear God, how, why did Brian Gibbs? <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> but I got up. The pastor introduced me. And I said, look, before we get going, I said, we desperately need the moving of the Holy Spirit in this place. Do you understand that? We need a move of the Spirit in this place. I said, you need to get out of your seat and stand up, and we're going to begin to pray right now. 
and, and then I stopped, and I said, wait a second. I said, no, don't you pray, because your prayers don't work. And I said, I'm going to pray, and God's going to move. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't turn around to see what that pastor's face was like. <laughs> My wife's face, she was locked on me like, yeah, there's my husband. <laughs> I said, don't you pray? Your prayers don't work. You have no expectation. You have no expectation for God to do anything in here. I'm going to pray and God's going to move. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed fierce, bold as a lion. And I don't know how to explain this to you, but if my wife was here, you can ask her next week. The power of God hit that place. People began to run around the building. People began to shake. People began to fall out. The Spirit of God began to break out in that house. People began to scream. Because heaven started, heaven started invading. Why? Because I touched the Lord. Religion will only kill. Well, religion will only keep a sterile atmosphere and chain you and bind you to something that is lifeless. But when the virtue of Jesus starts flowing like a river, anything is possible. If we touch the Lord, we can touch and access the Lord here, friends, in a way... That glory can come and rest. My Lord. <laughs> Our friend Bill Johnson, he, he tells the story. He tells the story. He had, he had this old hunting dog. His name was Rez. And this old hunting dog, they, they had to train the dog. They took it to classes to discipline it and get it into training for going out and hunting the, the pheasants. And they had to teach the dog how to understand the point. You ever seen those dogs, those hunting dogs go out on the point? And the moment they get, the moment they get the scent of, a, of the bird, they freeze. They, they lift that little paw and they turn, the, they whip their head and they point their nose. Now, if you have more than two dogs, it's called a brace. And what happens is if you've got two or three dogs, you'll have the point dog. The moment he gets the whiff or the scent of the bird, he'll just, he'll, he'll freeze. He'll literally freeze, raise the paw, turn his head, and point. And the other dogs will actually honor the point dog. And they'll freeze, lift their leg, turn their head to the point. It's quite a scene. It's quite a picture. It's amazing. These dogs... Whatever point dog is out there in the front, the moment that point dog freezes, lifts its leg, points its nose, the other ones are shh. But there's a revelation in it. There's a revelation in it about those that can actually find the scent of the glory of God and the presence of the Lord. And begin to posture themselves and begin to point themselves heavenward. I'm not talking right now about an individual. 
I'm talking about a corporate body who begins to learn how to point accurately. Did you hear what I said? I'm talking about a body that learns how to point accurately. See, if we do not, we are not here to point ourselves to to a name of a church. We're not here to point people to victory. I'm not here to point people to Brian. I'm not here, I'm not here for any of that. I'm here to point people to the master and to the king and to the glory of God's presence so that they touch the Lord in such a way that his virtue flows. And it's happening in this place. Virtue is flowing and it is transforming lives. It's happening. I hope you heard that tonight, folks. We want to be a company who literally lives on point. (laughs) I was preaching a few weeks ago. Somebody came up to me and they said, Pastor, that was on point. (laughs) I was like, yeah. And I thought to myself, yeah, and I want to live on point. (laughs) The Lord's not interested in us just delivering to him a bunch of religious fodder. He's not. He's not into that. God's into real worship. He's into real worship. In fact, Jesus told the woman at the well, he said, my, my father, he seeks worshipers. He seeks them. And he seeks them out according to their heart. That's what Jesus said. He, the father seeks them out according to their heart. Because they worship him in spirit. And in truth, they're heart people. They're heart people. They're heart people. I want you to listen to the prophet Amos. This is found in chapter 5. Put it in your notes tonight. I want you to hear tonight what God thinks about just form and religious traditions that have no substance. This is a prophet. Now, this is not a pastor. (laughs) This is not a teacher, right? This is a prophet. This is Amos. This is a prophet. But this is what came through his spirit in verse 21. He said, I hate and I despise your religious festivals, and your assemblies are a stench to me. Well, that'll get people running around the building. <laughs> Your service is just a stench to me. Can you, I mean, can you imagine that? My God. Even though you bring to me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Look at the next verse. Away with the noise of your songs. Whoa. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your hearts, but let justice roll like a river. Righteousness like a never-failing stream. You see what God's into? God, God hurdles and bypasses 
all of our religious fluff that doesn't do anything. God's never been interested in that. Man is into mechanics. Man thinks that it really pleases God to go through all the religious spiritual gymnastics. But God says, take all of that away from me. It's a stench to me. I'm not buying it. You're selling, but I'm not buying. Take it away from me. God is into a heart-to-heart exchange. He's into a heart-to-heart exchange of spirit to spirit. That's why we are deliberately being who we are being. Of going after the heart of God. A couple more minutes. Jesus has the audacity to say, uh, uh, guys, who, who touched me? <laughs> I love this question. Who touched me? I mean, the disciples had to be thinking, Jesus, uh, uh, what is the matter with you? Are, are, are you clueless? Jesus. I mean, you know, Peter's like, you know, this, the Lord has been in the sun too long. He needs an energy drink. He's not, he's not even thinking straight. Thomas says, Lord, check your wallet. <laughs> Actually, that was Judas. <laughs> Thomas says, oh, Lord, I doubt anybody touched you. <laughs> He says, who touched me? Who touched me? And it's all fun, but the reality of it is this. There is a touch that gets God's attention, that causes power and virtue to flow. There is a touch that causes the nature of God to flow into us. I want to say that again. There is a touch that causes the nature of God to flow into us. There is a touch of genuine simplicity of faith that causes miracles, healings, wonders to flow into us. We're not, we're not separating ourselves from one another in this message. We're talking about us together touching the Lord. The glory of God coming to rest here in this region and to rest and stay in a habitation will because we together decided we will touch the Lord. We will minister unto the Lord. He will be our first obsession. We will give ourselves completely unto him. He is our first obsession. There is a touch from people. That will cause God to respond. You sit amongst people who have touched the Lord. And I am one of those people. And we were all there. We were all people who were bleeding from the inside out. We were bleeding. But our testimony. And our bleeding. Whatever it was. Whatever sin it was, whatever failure, whatever trauma it was, whatever abandonment, whatever failure, whatever, whatever it was. When we touched the Lord and he touched us, we were changed. 
and we're not done changing, we are still being transformed. We are still changeable. And old things are passing away, and behold, all things are becoming new. I want to close with this tonight. You can touch the Lord through prayers, through conversations. You can touch the Lord through songs. You can touch the Lord through journaling. You just touch the Lord through songs, again, of just pulling away deliberately from the world, planning to neglect the things of the world, and just touching the Lord with your prayer, with your conversation. You can touch the Lord by the things that you choose to meditate on and think upon. You can please the Lord that way. You can literally touch the Lord. Mm. You can touch the Lord every day with your thought life. Think of that. You can touch the Lord every day with your thought life. You need to let the anointing of the Holy Spirit just rapture your soul. Set yourself away with God and say, Lord, I just want to dream about heavenly places with you. Had an experience this week. I was driving down the road and I was praying for our region. I was praying for our city. And everything just went gold. Everything was covered in gold. Our trees, our palm trees were gold. The houses were gold. The streets were gold. And the, and the sky was just a sheet of gold. I've been declaring and saying over our city and over our region, you will be a stronghold for the kingdom of heaven. I've been declaring this. I've been declaring this in the secret place. You shall be a stronghold of the kingdom of heaven. You know, right now in our in our in our nation, there are strongholds for the demonic. We all know that. But our minds need to be renewed that God is dreaming of creating literal strongholds, havens of the power and the kingdom of God being released where angels are ascending and descending upon a city and a region where there are legions of heavenly angels being dispatched and awakening is stirring and revival is being poured out. And there's, there's so many testimonies of what God is doing. You can't even keep up with it. How's it going to happen? How is it going to come? Together. Together, touching God. We chose together. We will touch the Lord in such a way he will stop right here. And his virtue will have a continual, unending, limitless flow into our region. That is our future. That is our future. That is our future. That is what we are after to apprehend. I'm not satisfied feasting on Bethel videos. Bill is my friend. I've been to Bethel so many times. It's not enough for me. I'm possessed with a vision from the Lord about the glory of God being tangible in this region and resting where the throne of God, where people are coming in. They're, they're clueless. They don't know. But because we prepared the way.
We got it ready. They walked into a glory zone. They just walked into a glory zone. And they were bound by issues. They were bound by issues in their lives. And they just walked into the glory. And they came up clean. They just walked down into that water. And they came up clean. They don't know how to explain it. They came in bound by issues, bound by issues, and they just walked down into those waters, and they came up clean. How do you explain that? Because God was tabernacling amongst us. How did it happen? Because we started touching God. We started touching God, apprehending God. What am I doing right now? I'm doing what the woman said. If I just touch him, I will be made well. That's what I'm doing. If we just touch the Lord together, then what can he do? What can be accomplished? I want to be that people. When I present myself to the Lord, I always present victory in the people I'm in covenant with. And I say, Lord... We want to be the people that apprehend you for a region, that we touch you, and virtue flows through the beaches of the southwest region of Florida. That's where we're going. That's what our destiny is. Cody, just, just come for a moment longer. I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. I feel like I, I feel like I need to just circle this one more time. One more time. The affliction is what? It's grief, it's sorrow, it's pain, it's torment, it's being vexed. We're not just here for us. We're here preparing the way. I said, we're not just here for us. We're here to prepare the way. Amen. We're here to prepare the way. Because there are multitudes of people that are bound by spirits of affliction. Affliction. And we have to be courageous enough to say, God... Let me feel the pain of those that are bound in afflictions. And let me be touched in such a way that I don't try to remove myself and, and protect myself and throw up walls in my life to keep me from the people who need us the very most. To walk into their world and release what? The very virtue of Jesus for that affliction. Amen. Holy Spirit, expand our world. Expand our world. Expand our thinking. Expand our expectation. Father. Why don't we stand? Why don't we just get on point? Right now, let's stand. Let's just get on point.
Let's get on point tonight, right, right now. And let's just honor the head who is our point. <laughs> let's honor the head of the church who's pointing all men to the Father to reconcile all men unto himself. In Jesus' name. lifted tonight let's ask the Lord to give us access to touch him that he'll release a limitless limitless supernatural supply of his glory would you just begin to do that come on don't let me pray for you why don't you just begin to pray that begin to decree that right now over your life, over this ministry, over this region, over the churches of this region, that we receive the kingdom. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Just lift your voice. Let it be your prayer. Let it be your prayer tonight. Let it be your prayer that we touch God together, that we do not grow weary in well-doing. We do not grow weary or tired and, and well-doing. But in due season, we shall reap the harvest if we faint not. Oh, Lord, let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Tabernacle amongst us, oh God. Stay here. Stay with us, oh God. Stay here, Lord, and let, a, let your virtue flow, oh Lord. Let your virtue flow. Let it flow like a river, God. A river of cleansing, a river of deliverance, God. To this entire region, oh Lord. To the earth. Oh, Chuck, God. Ushkai. Ushkai. Oh Lord, let it happen here. Let it happen here. Spirit of awakening, spirit of awakening, spirit of awakening. Let it happen here. Here we are, Lord. Here we are. Here we are. We reach for you, O oh Lord. Oh God, show your mighty power. Show your mighty power. Show your mighty splendor upon, upon a place, upon a people. Shine your face on us, Lord. Paint this region with gold. Paint this region with gold, Lord. Let your kingdom come. Oh, Lord, deliver our region from affliction. Deliver our region from affliction, oh, Lord. Deliver our region from torment and anguish and pain, oh, God. Deliver our region from misery, oh, God. 
Deliver our region from drug addiction, oh God. Deliver our region from sex trafficking, oh God. Deliver our region from prostitution, oh God. Oh God, deliver our region. Let your virtue flow, Lord. Let your virtue flow. Oh, oh God, holy God, holy God, holy God, holy God, holy, holy God, holy God. Koyata, Oya Maya de Akai, Ididishka, Ikarada Rabai, holy God. Oh God, you destroy yokes of bondage, Lord. And the Spirit of the Lord God is upon us because He has anointed you to preach good news. He has anointed you to bind up broken hearts. He has anointed you to loose prisoners and captives from slavery and bondage. He has anointed you to open up the prison gates. He has anointed you to give them beauty from ashes. The oil of joy from mourning. He's anointed you to go and give garments of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Woo! Come on, let's lift up a victory shout unto the Lord right now. Come on, church. our confidence that we have in Him. Oh, thank you, Lord. So, Lord, I pray tonight that from this place that your glory would go forth to this region. Let your glory fall in this place and let it go forth from here to the nation and to the nations and let your fragrance rest in this place so that we will be on point with the fragrance of our King in our midst. Keep us as covenant brothers and sisters on point. Keep us sharp, Lord. Keep us sharp. Keep us away from spiritual dullness. Oh, God, make us sharp. Make us keen. Make our prophetic instinct sharpened in your presence, oh, God. Prepare the way. 
see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I see you do it again. We'll see you do it right now. This is our confession. This is our confession. This is our declaration. This is our prayer. We'll see you do it right now. We'll see you do it right now, Lord. We'll see you do it right now. Yes. Yes. We'll see you do it right now. Fire. We'll see you do it right now. We'll see you do it right now. Hey. For why not? be blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus go forth from this place living daily in the victory that Jesus Christ has given with every hand lifted tonight just receive as sons and daughters walk and live in the victory that Jesus has given and provided for you just everybody in that section over here just lift your hands just lift your hands May you walk in that abiding victory and the triumph of the Lord this week. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, this section in the middle. In the name of Jesus, walk in the victory of the Lord. Overcome this week. Walk in the power of the Spirit. Live in the power of the Spirit. Move in the anointing. Move into the realms of God. Move into the realms of God. Favor. Lord, I pray that every setback that has come from this last week will be swallowed up in the surpassing power of your greatness this week. In the name of Jesus, be blessed. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.